Rise above, train hard, dream big. The RTD Podcast with Tam and Dez. Welcome to another episode of Rise, Train, Dream. You have Tam and Dez for your hosts today, and we have a very special guest with us, Adam Cracknell, who is entering his 17th year of professional hockey. So we're going to get into his mind a little bit today and talk about what it takes to make it to the big leagues. So welcome, Adam. Thank Uh, you. Thank you for having me. And uh, let's start from the very beginning, I guess. Like, tell us your story about growing up and playing hockey and what got you into the sport in the first place. Well, I uh, was born in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Uh, Being fortunate enough to be around wintertime and cold lakes. I played a lot of outdoor hockey, grew up with a lot of friends that played hockey. So that's where I kind of picked it up. Obviously, watching hockey with my dad, he played beer league hockey so it was always you know watch hockey night in Canada uh, kind of started the dream there and the, the idea we had a lot of we were a billet family too for the Prince Albert Raiders uh, Rowan Volpat actually was one of the people that lived at our house he came from Czech Republic Interesting. so it's a very small, small. world obviously wow. we all know that he lives here in Cranbrook so um, he was a guy I got to be around um, a lot and go to the games and kind of, kind of the dream started there, watching the Prince Albert Raiders, wanted to be a Prince Albert Raider and playing in the Western League. And then obviously seeing guys start to get drafted to the NHL like Roman was, uh, that was something I always wanted to be. And so growing up in Prince Albert, it was just a lot of hockey, not a lot in the summer because summer hockey was not a big thing at the time compared to what it is now. Um, after, my grade nine year, I ended up moving to Victoria, BC and playing hockey there. Um, started uh, Bantam AAA there, uh, made the team. I was able to, with hit, being hitting, starting late in BC, I was able to kind of establish myself and kind of separate myself from other people. And I think that's what really got me noticed to, uh, compared to what it was in Prince Albert. I stood out a lot more. I was kind of more of a dominant player, I had more confidence, and I was one of the top players in, on the island at the time. So, um, ended up playing Junior B, uh, it's the same league as the Kimberly Dynamiters, had a really good year that year as well. And my next aspiration at going into my 17-year-old year was Junior A. Uh, there was no Western League at the time in Victoria, Junior A was the big thing. So. I went and tried out for the Victoria Salsa and the College and Capitals. And I actually ended up getting cut from both those teams at 17 and came to Kootenai as a, I was a listed player. Uh, they just won the Memorial Cup there. I think it was 02, yeah, 0102, I believe it was. So I was coming in the training camp uh, to the best team in Canada at the time, the defending champions. Uh, I was just cut from two junior A teams, so my confidence was really low. I didn't think I even had a chance here, but I figured, hey, I'll just come here, work hard, talk to my dad about it. He's like, the best, the worst, the best thing you can do is just work hard, give yourself a chance. So I think that was my biggest, that was my first real big adversity of being cut from two teams to come into, you know, a, a team that just was the best in Canada. 
So I came to camp, just worked hard, didn't really know what was going to happen. I wasn't the best player out there by any means. I don't think I was even slotted in before camp to make the team. Um, a week goes by, I made the team. Um, our coaches were Brad Lauer and Corey Clouston, and GM was Jeff Chanel, that when I spoke to them after I made the team, I was so happy. I, was, I forgot all about getting cut from junior A, never thought this would be possible. And they just said, your work ethic is what got you here. It wasn't skill, it was just work ethic. So, you know, I credit a lot to, to my parents off the start because I've never had to face, I guess, adversity. And that was my real big test. And then I came out the other side. So I got, I wouldn't say lucky, it was more just hard work got me to where I needed to be and wanted to be at the time. Because I didn't want to go back to Junior B because I, I felt like that would have been a setback. So to have that opportunity to make this team, and unfortunately I lost my eligibility for a scholarship. But I think that this was the move I had to make because I didn't want to go backwards. So I was able to come here and play under Corey and Brad. That really helped me over, I played here for four years that every year I, I really improved to becoming the top player after four years. So, and I was able to be the captain my fourth year, get drafted in 04 to Calgary in the last round to, to Calgary. And, you know, it was a big credit to Corey, but within those four years, it was a lot of yelling, a lot of standards being set. It was things I never was held to when I was young because that, that wasn't the way things were in minor hockey. It was just play and hope you had a good team, you know. There was no, no yeah, if I had two goals and assists and we lost, well, that wasn't the standard. It wasn't personal success. It was all about team and how I had to like hold myself more accountable to the team to become a better leader. So there was things over four years where, you know, I had to go through, I wouldn't say dark times, it was just adjusting because of Corey wanted to get me ready for pro hockey and he did a great job doing that without, <laughs> I mean, there was times where we hated each other. Well, I don't, I don't think he ever hated me, but I never felt, I never had a coach help hold me to a, a standard I never thought I could get but he helped me get to a standard I never thought it could be with how the four years went. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So getting cut from those two teams, do you feel like that helped you? 100%. Yeah. I think it was something where I wanted to prove to those teams they were wrong as well. Yeah. And that I wanted to prove to myself I can play at a higher level. Not saying Western League's higher than BCHL because the roots are completely different. Western League is more NHL focused, where BCHL is, you can get drafted out of there. We've seen that in the past. I've had friends get drafted out of the BCHL, but a lot of guys want to get scholarships, which is great. Would have been awesome to have an education and go the college route, but that wasn't, I guess, my destiny, I guess you can say, because I... Those, those teams gave me something that I never thought I could, that I needed was some motivation of, I'm gonna prove you wrong, right? I've never had to prove anybody, anybody wrong early in my career. So I was faced with that coming into this camp where I was like, no, I'm gonna prove those teams wrong. I'm gonna prove I can make this team. So that's where my kind of mindset was. 
Interesting. I like that. Do you find you still have that with your coaches? Do you feel like, you know, if your coaches are encouraging you and patting you on the back and telling you that you've done a good job, does it make you play less? Or do you find yourself being more motivated when you have something to prove to somebody? I think you always have something to prove to everybody because I am entering my 17th year pro. Uh, There's been a lot of teams where they've traded me. It's, It's been a lot. I haven't been traded a lot, but there's a lot of teams that have let me go that just didn't want me anymore. And I want to not prove those teams wrong. I just want to prove the next team right, that are giving me the opportunity that I still want to play. And I am 37. I know I'm on the very tail end of my career, but I want to prove to everybody that I can still play at this level and, and still contribute. My, like my main focus now is they still play at a high level, but also teach the young guys hopefully what it takes to get to this next level. But holding them to a standard holds me to a standard. I can't just tell them what to do and me not do it. Because yeah. that's, people see through that. And I, and I don't want to be that. I want to, I want to be the best pro I can be and the best mentor I can be to these young guys and kind of be the buffer between the coach and the player. Because I, I want to get the coaching when I'm older or when I'm done, but I also want to help these guys have have a great career because it does go by very fast. I, I still remember my first year pro to to now. It just seems like it's it's gone. So opportunities can be missed, and I don't want those kids to miss the opportunity. And it doesn't matter the level. It could be you can be in Pee Wee or Bantam or whatever. The opportunity you have presented in front of you is the one that you have right now, so you have to take advantage of it. Because next year, you always say, I'll do it next year or the year after, or say next week. That's too late. Yeah, so 17 years is a long time. You've noticed a lot of changes, I'm sure, with the new people coming up through the ranks. How would you say the culture has shifted as far as young athletes go? Uh, Well, like... I think off ice training is a big part of it. Um, it all depends on the on the on the on the player and the person. Like you see a lot of kids that have earned their way to where they want to be or where they want to be. There's kids that have been told they've been the best all year, and then they handle it. They get some adversity and they shut right down. Mm. I think um, if you want to play at the highest level, there's a standard, and you have to be at that. Nothing's ever going to be given to you if you want to. If you want to make the NHL, well, you have to do a lot to get there. Yeah. You want you want to play pro hockey. You want to get to college. Colleges aren't just gonna hand or a, a rep team is just not gonna hand you the opportunity and just think you're gonna be one. You're you're not just going to have success. Yeah. Everybody's out to make sure that they're taking care of themselves. The coaches aren't just gonna hand it to you because their job's on the line. There's. Uh, the culture, I wouldn't say it's a whole, a lot different. I mean, maybe off-ice stuff is different, but like training is a big part of it. Um, everyone changes at some point, right? Like there's guys with families, there's young guys. Like there's a 17-year age gap for me to the youngest player, right? Yeah. There's going to be a, a difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, but hopefully, he, I, I had mentors when I was 21 that really helped me. So I hope I can pass that along because I want to be like the guys that were that good to me. That's what I learned a lot. 
and I want to be able to pass those on, that information on, because a lot of kids don't know how uh, pro hockey works, or even junior, when I was 20, we had 16 year olds, I wanted to help those kids, because if I help those kids, they're going to help me, right, and that's, that's an important thing, like, you're all in it together, so if you have success, and I have success, we all have success together. And would you say you have to have, like, a bit of a different mindset to get to that level? Oh, for sure. Because when, when I was trying to make the NHL or I was in the NHL, there's times you have to put things on the back burner. Like, maybe your friends that don't play sports are going out camping for the weekend and they're going to go have beers and do a bunch of things, but you have training camp in a month. You're like, hey, I can't do that. So you have to have, like... And your friends have to understand that. If your friends don't understand that, they're not your friends. Oh, yeah. I think we have both experienced that still. We probably all still go through that in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking on that, though, how was it as a young athlete? um, Did you find that people were hating on you or not everybody liked you? Or did you deal with jealousy from your peers? Um, Yeah, you, you see it a bit. Like, when you're at the... It's really different because at the American League level, it's young guys trying to make it to the NHL. You, you feel like you're a closer team, yeah. but when you're a guy that's in the NHL up and down, you might not feel more part of that team because you're just a guy coming in up and down. And like you, you develop friendships in the NHL, right? But once you get to the NHL, like you want to stay there. So mm-hmm. it might feel more individual because you're not, maybe it's, me because we're, we're always established that you're fighting for your job right like if one guy has a bad game you feel like you're going in the next game so you have to be the one that takes over right mm-hmm. like you never want to see your friends have don't have success mm-hmm. but it set it sets in your brain that like okay this guy had a bad game like I have to take advantage of the opportunity it might feel selfish but that's just the way it is yeah and it's at, it's at any sport level right you have to take like if you don't want your friends have or uh, if you're on the same team and some guy has a bad game you have to go in and you have a great game well he might lose his spot right but it's that's the way the world works right? yeah. there's always somebody either coming up behind you and then that's just basically like it's always like that like there's always someone trying to take your job at any sport maybe in real and in real life too that is good advice for real life as well because that mm-hmm. doesn't just pertain to professional sports. It could be no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So if you're not doing your job, somebody else is going to, right? And that's just the way it works. And the sooner you realize that, the you know maybe the more success you're gonna have. I love that. Yeah, that one really hit for me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna take that one and apply it to the rest <laughs> of my life. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, yeah. What about your peers, though? Like people that don't play hockey but you know you grew up with yeah, they, they see your success um do you ever feel like they're not genuinely rooting for you or no for you? i have i have great friends back in victoria i have great friends here in Abra that i try to share the joy in that because like their kids play hockey yeah they play hockey or love the game of hockey and uh you know, they'll say, oh, I'm jealous of you get to go to these places and play in the games and stuff. But, like, they're the first people to call me after a good game or any game or when I get called up or 
fortunate enough this year to go to Olympics. Like my phone didn't stop after it was all my friends, like so proud. But I don't get there without my friends either. Like, you know, I don't get there without my wife. I don't get there without her parents, my parents. Like there's things in your career that you've either needed help with or all my coaches, like any, anyone I've either come in contact with, you know, but like obviously my wife and daughters are there 24 seven, but there's people that help me inside the ring too, that help me get there. My friends from their support, you know, my buddy flew to my first NHL game in Detroit from Victoria, even though he was a big fan of Detroit, more Detroit Jersey to the game. And I was playing for St. Louis, but like, you don't get there without friends and family. So important. Environment. We talk about that so much. Yeah. Yeah. So Des and I really have our, um, like, you know, you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And the people that are on your team are either going to, like, lift you up or bring you down. Mm -hmm. And I think that surrounding yourself with supportive, positive people is so important. Yeah. On the, like, road to success. I think it always gets you further, right? You can't do everything on your own. No, and it, and it doesn't matter if your friends have this, it doesn't matter if, like, for me, it's not like I have to hang out with only five hockey guys that have the same goal as me. It's my friends that, they want success in their own life. They want to be a good father. They want to be a good, good husband, uh, long as, or a good businessman. Like, it just, if you surround yourself with just good, genuine people, you, you, you give yourself a very good chance. You don't want to hang out with people that are just, partying all the time like hey if that's your thing and that's what you want to be good at go ahead but for me that's not not for me right like I want to be around good people that care about what they what they do and that's and they care about what I do we help each other that way nice I I got a question now so obviously if you've been in the like cycle for 17 years you've probably moved around a lot traveled a lot like how has that been like for you in uh, your life? Well, it, at the time, like when you get a call, say, and you're like, okay, you're getting traded. This is where you're going. You're on the next flight out. That's the, that's a hard part. Cause you're saying goodbye to probably some really good friendships and you're going into an atmosphere. You have nothing, you have no clue about. Right. And, uh, then you gotta tell, I gotta tell my wife, I gotta tell my children, like, Hey, you're leaving. Like we're, we're going, uh, we haven't bounced around too much as a family, but my, my wife has moved a lot. We've been on four teams before Christmas, one year, twice. Like it's, there's a lot to do because they have to say, she has to say goodbye to friends. I have to say goodbye to my friends, but it's, she gets left with everything, but then I have to go, it's a new opportunity. Like I want to prove to that team, okay, I did, this is what you wanted. I'm going to show you the other team wallet. There's reasons, you know, I, I, every reason is different why you're moving and, you know, we don't have to get into that, but there's not, I hope it's nothing I ever did personally. It's sometimes just, it's, it's, there's other kids, you know, like there's a kid maybe nipping at my heels and they're like, Hey, he's close. Like it's his turn. I'm up, you know, that's just the way it is. But it, that comes back to mindset. It's like, okay, no, I'm still a good player. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go advance here. Then. Yeah, 
So it's super important that you have the support of family because yeah. then that lets you focus on the game. Yeah, right? if, yeah, exactly. Like they're like, no, like if my family's like, or my wife's like, hey, like yeah, I'm coming. This is a different opportunity. Go, go show them what they're missing type thing, right? Like go, go do well here. And I fortunately have done it all my career. Maybe not at the NHL level all the time, but enough to stay at the second best league in the world. So. Yeah. Well, I actually know your wife. I worked with her at McDonald's like 20 years ago. Long <laughs> I think everyone's kind of worked yeah. at McDonald's. She is an amazing lady and you are very lucky there. So to have that support is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, another question. Growing up in minor hockey, um, coaches yelling at you, being like really aggressive, do you find that that helped you or hurt you? Uh, I think that one really depends on the person. Yeah, I think it all depends on if you have a really good coach. Like, as a coach, it's a very difficult situation because you're dealing with, say, just say for instance, you have a 23 man team. Yeah. You know, that's a pro level. Minor hockey is probably, say, 17. Well, you got 17 different personalities you have to manage, right? You can't treat every kid the same. You, you, uh, hopefully a coach is smart enough to figure out which kids need certain types of motivation. But you also have to be stern because there has to be an expectation. If these kids are playing rep hockey or travel leagues, your parents are paying a lot of money, A, but you're also, you want to have success because that also brings attention to you too. Not many teams are going to go watch, not many scouts are going to watch a last place team unless there's like a kid that's just in a tough situation but is very good. But you also need, you need to be motivated. Like as much as some people say, well, you just create your own motivation, but they, the coach's job is to cease things that you're not seeing, right? Like, you might think, oh, I had two goals today, I had a good game. Well, no, like, you didn't play very well. Like, we watched your video, we watched your game, you were turning pucks over, you weren't doing this, you weren't playing the system. <clears throat> Points aren't always success. <clears throat> yeah. There's a lot that you have to do behind the scenes or on the ice or to play within the team. It's like, oh, you're not playing with the team structure. You have to be held accountable, right? You don't have to go in there and swear at the kid or yell at him, but there has to be a talk where, no, this is what you need to do. And I had that at minor hockey. And then I had that, I didn't really have that at junior B because I was kind of the, I wouldn't say, I was probably one of the top players on our team at 16. But when I came in the junior, I wasn't. So I had a stat, like I was getting grilled a lot too. But that just helped me, like build, you know, some callus. Yeah, right? so like, it yeah, exactly. Like it never phased me too much mentally, but it flipped switches throughout my four years with Corey, where it's like, okay, I was slipping. He caught that. Okay, I gotta get back to a standard, you know. And that's that was great of him because he he did help me get into pro hockey. And then when I got into pro hockey, I had coaches that guided me too. That also held me to a standard, so it was, uh, it was, it was great. Like I owe Corey a lot, and I've told him he helped me a lot to be, to become a pro. So 
yeah, they're yelling. Yelling does happen. Coaches snap. We know everyone has their own personalities of dealing with either stress or whatever it is. But as long as it's not a personal attack of like, yo, you're brutal. This is not. No, that's not it. But there's a way to motivate children or young adults. Right? Yeah. I think to play at any pro level, you do need some sort of mental toughness, right? Like, you're not going to get there being soft. Yeah. No. Right? No, exactly. Like, it's not going to be handed to you. You're going to go through adversity. Like, you play in, if you play in the NHL, we know like, what it's like to play in the Canadian market. Like, you're getting grilled on the internet now. You're getting grilled in the media. Yeah. People are telling you you're brutal while you're just out grocery shopping. Like, it's, <laughs> it, it's different, right? That's why yeah. it's kind of nice playing in the States. Like, people, not many people know who you are. Right? You <laughs> Has that ever happened to you where you've been out in public and somebody's like, oh, you suck or whatever? Like, uh, yeah, probably. I don't really remember, but yeah. Um, but I, there's comments people make about the team to me. Yeah. Like, why are you guys so brutal this year? Like, well, I can't really give you an answer, but <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like it's just, there's things that you face, but I think the big part of it is social media. Yeah. And reporters, right? You get a lot of grilling, so like that might throw doubt into your mind. But you come into the rink and everyone is in it together. Like there be there might be talks like, hey, we're getting grilled right right now, like we're the only ones that can change this in the dressing room, like let's stick together. You know, that kinda gives you a little boost of life, right? Where some people might just crumble and quit. You know, and you can't do that. You don't want them to win either. And then what do you do before a game to get into state? Uh, it's changed over the years. There was a lot of focus of like, say, watching video and watching, kind of prepping that way. Like watching the other team and then you visualize like yeah. situations that you're probably going to be in more times than you're not. Like I find that the more I visualize, the more when I get into that situation it just happens naturally like I see it coming I, I feel it you know even if it's like taking a massive hit to make a play right like there's guys that we play that are 6'5 240 pounds like you're gonna get blown up at some point but if you can take that hit and show your team that you're committed I felt that in visual that maybe not felt the pain but there's situations I usually just do a lot of map mental preparation and then I'll do the physical part later just to try to like get the body going stuff like that feel good but I think a lot of it's just mental preparation because I feel like if I'm mentally prepared I gave myself the best chance yeah 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 I know I've seen just like watching games on tv or whatever where they're doing you know the national anthem and you can see guys like trying to stay in their state and not lose their yeah. Mental edge. Yeah, and some guys are, you know, a big music guy, right? Like that, yeah. That's what kind of gets them. Maybe they're listening to quotes. I don't know what guys listen to, right? Like everyone has their own different thing. I just found that visualization and staying calm works for me, right? I don't get too excited. I don't get too low. I like to stay kind of in the middle because I find if I'm too anxious, I, I'm not going to play my my game, right? Like. I'm going to be antsy. I'm not going to make the right plays. I'm, I want to go out there and make things happen, though, too. I want to take control. But I also, if I'm too low, I might put myself in a bad position and get hurt. 
or I'm just not going to be engaged. Right? Yeah. So there's a fine line between being too high and being too low. It's called flow state. Oh. Yeah, and if you can find that flow state and live there, it's yeah. a good place to be. So I, I like that. It's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe let's like flip, flip the script a little bit, and so we can help out kind of some of the young listeners that might tune in. If you could give advice for say like off-season training mm-hmm. for like a young minor hockey player obviously your training is going to be far different than theirs at the level you're competing at but like what kind of things sh- do you think they should be doing because I mean I think we see them all the time and you get you know they're throwing down some bicep curls or yeah I mean that's and, yeah I mean or does it even matter at that level yeah I think it matters because you want to train smart. You want to find somebody that helps you and like cares about your fitness. It's not about always being the biggest and the strongest. It's like, it all depends on your body. It all depends on what you're trying to do and accomplish what you need. At a young age, it's like getting into it, but doing it proper. I don't want, you don't want to be, if you work out wrong for the summer, it might hurt you for the season. It's not about, being the guy that lifts the heaviest, it's not about who looks the best, right? Everyone's body's different. It's finding what works for you. And I don't, yeah, yeah. I was fortunate enough, I always surround myself with good trainers that, okay, you're not gonna lift as much as him. He's a bigger guy, he's faster. We have to work on speed, we have to work on your strength. Sometimes I'd walk in the summer and my trainer would be like, we have to work on everything. So it's like, you're in for a long summer. But we're going to do it smart, though, yeah. too, right? You want to peak at the time going into training camp. You want to feel good going into training camp. You want to do all your smart training early, like maybe your muscle build and whatever. You don't want to, max, you don't want to be maxing out all summer because by the time you get to training camp, you're burnt out, you yeah. know? You want to do – you want to start slow at the start because you, you probably didn't train all season. You, you probably – you know, you did a little bit, but you also have to let your body recover too, right? So there is rest, you have to train smart. So maybe training with you two that understand that it, it's a progression. It's not gonna happen overnight. It takes years of dedication and to find what works and ask questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't do it on your own. To get to that level, no one's ever done, no one's ever been successful alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as just like if you had any one piece of advice to give to like your younger self mm-hmm. what would what would it be um, <laughs> put you on the spot there, I think yeah so. I seems mean, like you did pretty well so yeah, yeah it, it's just kind of believe it like I wouldn't say kind of like believe in yourself like yeah. give yourself the best opportunity you're going to go through highs, you're going to go through a lot of lows. The lows hurt the worst, you know, and it's being able to come up to the other side. I think it, it's going to take time. I had that opportunity. I learned a lot through all my bad experiences. And I, I don't think a bad experience is a bad experience. Like it's something that, okay, I can look at that. I can learn from that. Like I, I've messed up a lot in my career. I, uh, there's times where I took opportunities for granted where I thought, okay, like I'm here, but
But when you make teams, like I had a friend, his son made a team. And I said, okay, like, now what do you do? He said, well, I just go play. I'm like, no, you, like, you have to take advantage of the opportunity. You worked so hard to get here. Don't be satisfied. Now was, mm-hmm. sometimes I was satisfied and I look back on Two that places. and I, I, I kick myself because I'm the only one that can make that choice, right? And so now I don't, and that was earlier in my career, so now I've never taken an opportunity for granted, right? Because when I took an opportunity for granted, I went the other way. I was gone. People saw that and I was gone. You know, like I went to a lower level or I was not given as much opportunity, right? Like I, I had to work that much harder to get back to where I wanted to be. And like, again, that was an opp- like an opportunity for me to learn from it too though, right? I, I know, like I, I've, I've told people that, like, I was comfortable, like, well, we saw that. And we saw that you <laughs> saw that and even work even harder because you messed up. And you're gonna make mistakes. It's recognizing those mistakes and trying not to do those again. I right. love that I think, advice. I that think that's so a good good. point though, right? Yeah. Like the hard work never stops. Like I think people think, oh, you make it to the NHL, like I'm good now. The hardest part, the, hard, yeah, like, the, hard, <laughs> the hardest part is staying where you wanted to be. Yeah. Like yeah. either in business it. or whatever. Just because you have one good day doesn't make a career, right? What we always say that one game doesn't make a career. Mm-hmm. Like it it, it's something that you have to even work harder at. The hardest thing is staying there. Yeah. Staying at that high level. And yeah, you might not have a great game, but you're not going to have a perfect game every game. You're, sometimes you're going to get smoked and you're just going to have a bad day. Well, the next day you have to be better. Yeah, you, just, yeah. you have a, to keep showing up. Yeah, yeah and, and, keep going. and you get to these high levels, they're always going to look for people that are consistent. And for well you're trying to be consistent anyways like no one's going to be perfect every day but if you can be more consistent than not you're going to have success that should be everyone's life motto consistency <laughs> just is the key to pretty sure. yeah yeah that, lots of good stuff here yeah, I yeah you're fr- I, it's pretty early um, I had my coffee so yeah. Yeah. just in case anyone doesn't know it's like 6 in the morning 6 in the morning and we appreciate you so much for showing up it totally is really enough. nice to speak with somebody who plays at a high level um, just to get into that mindset and what it takes just is making dreams a reality right because I think yeah. there's that saying that like you know there's um, failure is only failure if you give up right and I think that's where so many people like, get stuck is they just at the first sign of adversity, they just throw on the towel and they're like, no, I'm done. Yeah, like, it, it's a challenge, right? Like, it's, it's supposed to be hard. Yeah. That's what you have to understand. It's supposed to be hard to make minor hockey rep teams. It's supposed to be hard to be at the NHL level. It's hard to be successful in business. Yeah. If, if you really, really want that, you have to work at that. And there's gonna be hiccups and well, you're not the first one to face a hiccup, right? Like it's, there's things that we've had to go through, especially in the last couple of years with COVID shutdowns. Well, it's, that's life. Like there's things, there's, there's a lot worse things in life too. You know, we're pretty lucky to live where we are and be able to do what we do because I've been around the world. I've lived in China, I lived in Denmark. I've been around the world, traveled. There's a lot of people that live a hard life that work hard too. 
you know, and we're very fortunate to do this. So yeah, very, we're very lucky. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you, I don't usually listen to podcasts that we do mostly because I don't like my voice, <laughs> but I love this conversation and I'm definitely going one. to be listening to this one again. There was a few things that you said that really hit home for me in my yeah. own personal life and my own business goals. I was going to say, it didn't even just re- have to relate to hockey, yeah. which is awesome, right? Like anybody could listen to this and just have like a life boost. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I hope like we all have, we've all gone through our own challenges, right? Like, yeah doesn't matter what you do, but it's just how you come out the other side and, you know, I'm still trying to, I'm still learning, I still make mistakes, but we're all human. Yeah. It's just the way it is. And if you don't have, no one's perfect, you, you find me a perfect person, that, that person's a liar, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd like to meet him or her and kind of go from there, but no, it's, it's a, we only get one life, right? So it's, I want to make, make the best of it. I want to play as long as I can. I think I'm the oldest guy in the league now. So Damn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never thought that because Damn. like when I was twenty one my my teammates were retiring at thirty two. Right? I hit thirty two and I was like, I'm still I feel like I'm getting hit better. Crime. I don't know if that's maybe that's just a mental thing too, right? Like Yeah. I don't I don't know. It's it's I love it too. Like I, you have to love what you're doing. Yeah. If you don't love important. it you're probably not going to be great at it. And the age thing, too, kind of throws me off a little bit, too, because, like, I've been involved with fitness my whole life, and I'm obviously the oldest I've ever been, only getting older, and I've never been in better shape. I've never been more on top of my game than I am right now, and I feel like I'm only getting better. Yeah. And I, same thing for you. Like, yeah. don't put those self-limiting beliefs on yourself no. because of mm-hmm. age. There's no reason you number. can't beat somebody that's 20. Like, I know I can. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bring it. No, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, my game has adjusted over the years. Like, maybe I'm not as physical as I used to be, but that just comes from learning the game a lot better and putting myself in certain situations. And, but I still love what I do. I do it because I love it. Right? Yeah. And... It gives my family a great life. I mean, we're going out to Tucson, Arizona this year. I'm not in the cold, so the body won't ache as much. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's, only a, it's only a cool Perfect. 39 degrees down there, but, you know, I love helping out the kids. I love the life it gives us. I don't mind moving. Uh, no, it's been great. It's been a great journey because when hockey ends, it's over. Like, when you're done playing, that's it. Like yeah. you have to move on and that's going to be another challenge in itself but I'm going to enjoy it while I can I like it yeah so consistency hard work like don't take any situation for granted mm-hmm. uh, you always have something to prove every day for the rest of your life yep. mm-hmm. I like it um, yeah lots of good stuff here yeah. appreciate you oh, thanks no, for no problem. being on yeah. the podcast now, now I can get to the gym yeah you can go hit your workout yeah now I can go do my buys and tries. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't do that. I've seen I see. Yeah, good. I know. I gotta just go jump around, and look like a goofball in front of everybody else. So. Yeah. Get out the bands. Yeah, get out my bands and uh, jump around. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. Well, awesome. thanks again. We oh no, thank you for having yeah. me. Yeah. And best of luck to you this year. We know yeah. what you're gonna crush. Have fun in Tucson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Okay.
that's it for this episode uh we'll see you next time That's a wrap for today's episode of Rise, Train, Dream. If you loved this podcast, screenshot this episode and share it out to your social media accounts. Or follow us on Instagram at train underscore with underscore town. Or follow Des at dh.pt underscore muscle underscore strength to show your support. Take care, you guys. Until next time.